1980, January 10th, in a dream, what I believe to have been an angel of the Lord, spoke these three words to me, Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. When I looked up KWJS after I woke from the dream, I found it to be a radio station, and I turned to God and said, Are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. And I said to God, I'm a writer, not a speaker. And I heard from the Holy Spirit, Call the radio station manager. So that morning after I thought the business offices were opened, I called the radio station manager. And I said to him, well, I think God might be showing me to go on radio. How would you do that? He said, make an audition tape for me, 29 and a half minutes long. Send it to me by mail. If you fit our broadcasting, we will offer you a contract. As soon as I finished talking to him, I got my tape recorder and my kitchen clock and made a recording 29 and a half minutes long and sent it to him. They sent me a contract immediately and put me on the radio on KWJS in Dallas, and it was the 12 o'clock hour. Uh, one funny thing happened. A woman over in Fort Worth who was a neighbor of Vanetta Copeland, Kenneth Copeland's mother, lived across the street from Vanetta. This woman was named Lily McBride. I'm sure all these people are dead now. That was in 1980, and they were kind of old then. Lily McBride was her name. She had been praying for God to put a real faith teacher on radio at the 12 o'clock hour on KWJS. So she turns on her radio at 12 o'clock, and this woman starts speaking. And she said, a woman? No! And she got up to get over to the radio to turn it off. But before she could get there, she got interested and started listening. She became a real fan of mine. <laughs> well, I don't know. What can I say? I just do what I hear to do. I think my second radio station that I went on might have been Houston, maybe Oklahoma City. I can't remember this far along. But I was on in Houston at that time in those early 1980s. A woman began listening to me and she became very interested in the messages. She listened at that time. She'd just been born again. She listened to many of the radio preachers, but she said, finally, after listening to all the different radio preachers, she kept wanting to hear what I was saying, and she found eventually I was the one she wanted to listen to, and really the only one. So she became a real student back in 1980. She's been supporting this ministry since that time. We have met each other personally, talked many times by telephone. Last week, we got into a good deal 
of strife with each other. She sent a couple of emails to me, and I brought correction to her, and she became angry with me because of the correction. That's not unusual. People frequently become angry with me because of the message that I bring to them. As I was dealing with her, though, I was very alarmed and very concerned. I turned to God very seriously in prayer, and I said, I've got to know what's going on. I have got to know what's wrong. And God said to me, you would be just like her if the Holy Spirit hadn't cast those three devils out of you back when you were first born again in the 1975 period. Then I knew what God was telling me. This woman who'd been on our mailing list since 1980 had devils inside her. Now, she had been a long time drunk as a young person. She'd taken drugs. She committed adultery. She committed fornication. She had had an abortion. All this before she was born again. She was raised Baptist, but not born again. So she had a pretty wild life before she was born again. After she was born again, God delivered her from the drinking. And to my knowledge, she hasn't done any alcoholic drinking for decades. But God showed me she's got devils in her. Well, I had devils in me. I had three. When I was born again, I didn't know they were there. I know the name of two of them. The Holy Spirit cast them out of me in the night, and God allowed me to witness this situation. This was back around 1975-76. One of the devils was a lying spirit. One of the devils was unnamed to me. I never did know the name of that devil. But one devil was a very smart alecky spirit named Double-Minded Spirit. He was skipping through my chest cavity. I was asleep, but I was allowed to see this through a dream. He was skipping through my chest cavity and ran right into the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said, I see you, you double-minded spirit. You must go from her. You must go. And that spirit tried to hide. See, evil spirits dart in and try to hide then. They'll bring you a thought, and then they dart away as fast as possible. And sometimes we don't even remember, but we've had that thought until later. But the devil is a liar. John chapter 8, verse 44. The devil is a liar, and Jesus says, there is no truth in him. But he brings things to our mind. He brings fears of what's going to come to our mind. 
but he's also a liar and a false prophet. So what do you do with these fears? What do you do when someone has devils in them? And that's what I asked God. I said, well, what am I supposed to do with this message? You can't reason with devils. You better forget trying to teach a devil. So I didn't know what to do with her. The only thing you can do with devils is cast them out if you're a believer. Does that scare you? Are you afraid of devils? Some people don't even like to hear messages about devils. Well, that's a devil telling them don't listen to that message. Because we who are born again and have the Holy Spirit and are believers have been given power over devils. There's no reason to be afraid of a devil. Let's build ourselves a little bit with Scripture. That's what I did after I heard she had devils in her. I looked to see some facts about devils, though I've read these scriptures many times in the past. One thing I did want to talk to God about is, well, she doesn't live in the same place I live. I live in Colorado in the center of the United States. She lives all the way across the United States. I'm 85 years old right now, partially crippled. I couldn't travel to where she was. She has a husband who's been ill. She can't travel to where I am. What am I supposed to do with this subject that she has devils in her? And then it occurred to me, wait a minute, devils are spirits. You can cast a spirit out without being in the room with that spirit. You could cast a spirit out if that person's all the way across the United States from where you are. And I talked to God about this. Is this right? And was reminded of that scripture in John chapter 4, Beloved, believe not every spirit. Spirits talk to you. God talks to you by bringing you thoughts. Devils talk to us by bringing us thoughts. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. If they're of God, you want to pay attention to the thought, to the idea. If they're of a devil, you want to forbid that devil to speak to you, forbid in the name of Jesus that devil to speak to you. In the case of this woman who's a church member, cast the devil out. So I simply said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave her and don't come back. Now, I used her name in talking to the devil directly. I used her name and don't come back. Now, she will have to keep that devil out. You can give place to devils by anger. You can give place to devils, especially when you're tired or worried under a great deal of pressure. But, of course, in cases like that, you should be praying by faith and have faith in God as a believer. But you can give place 
to devils in various ways. So that devil could come back, even though I commanded it in the name of Jesus not to come back. It can come back and bring her thoughts. It may not come back inside of her, because devils bring you thoughts, whether they're inside of you or outside of you, it doesn't matter. You take the same procedure, and that is you command that devil in the name of Jesus to depart from you and stop speaking. And then you turn to God with that thought the devil brought and pray, asking God what to do about the thought that devil brought. And God will help you by either giving you a scripture or giving you a concept. One time I awoke in the morning, 85 years old, and I was bombarded by thoughts from a devil. Not inside me, I feel outside me. But here's what I heard in this tone of voice. What'll happen to you if you get to where you can't walk? You can't live here if you can't walk. You'll have to go to assisted living if you can't walk. What will you do then? I said, God, help me. I was so bombarded. I felt like I was in a boxing ring and someone was punching me on the right side of the head and then on the left side of the head. So I just called out to God. God, help me. He did. Instantly I heard from the Holy Spirit these words, God will supply all your need. And I said, that's right, that's right. So if God supplies all my need, it really won't matter. When I have a need, he will supply it. It's not if he supplies it, he will supply it. We have victory when we're born again and have the Holy Spirit. We have victory. We win every time. We win every time because of God. Because we turn to God, ask him what to do, and he gives us the information. So we win. But that's the way devils work. Peter said, The devil as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resists? Because he'll eat you alive if you let him. If you sit there and you daydream and you don't pay any attention at all, he'll just bring you all kinds of thoughts that aren't true. A newscaster on evening news can bring you a bunch of things to worry about. You have to take all those thoughts captive and take them to God. Anything you're concerned about and let God settle you. There's a lot of fear in the world. and You can just meet a person in a grocery store and they can speak something that scares you. But you take it to God when you belong to God. We don't live in fear. Why? Because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. They have a spirit of fear. God has given us power and love and a sound mind. They are sometimes crazy, completely crazy, because devils have 
tormented them to the point of being crazy. What do you think's causing all of this violence today, where people just take guns and shoot other people? What do you think's causing that? Surely devils. Devils are often brought on by the way the person lives. They give entrance to devils, whether they're believers or unbelievers. And those devils just delight in living in their bodies. And they'll drive them crazy eventually in many cases. That's why on the news, when you hear stories about mass killings, and the newscaster said, well, what was the motive? Well, they didn't find a motive. That's because devils simply tormented them, and there was no motive. There are many strange things happening today. That's because of Revelation 12. 12. Let's look at Revelation 12, 12. Jesus says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time before the end of the world and the final judgment. Devils often torment me. Something I've heard on television will come back and torment me, and I'll turn to God with it, and God will settle me, usually by giving me a scripture or reminding me of a scripture. I know God has not given us a spirit of fear. There is no way I'm afraid of devils. Now, the devil will say, you better be afraid of me. Boy, I'll get you. And I'll say, in the name of Jesus, don't speak to me. Now, a psychiatrist might lock you up for thinking this way. We are born-again Christians, having in us the Spirit of God, hearing directly from God by the Spirit in us that He has given us. And we have the Bible to believe. Paul said, God has not given you a spirit of fear. So if you have a spirit of fear, who has given you that spirit? A devil. You've never settled it with God through prayer, through believing the word of God by a scripture that God would give you. God has not given us the spirit of fear, Paul says, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That scripture is 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 1 Corinthians 2.12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, 
that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. The Holy Spirit searches the heart of God to tell us the things that God has prepared for us and has given to us. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So do we have power to cast out devils in the name of Jesus? We will refer to scripture on everything. Mark chapter 16, verse 14. Afterward, he, Jesus, appeared unto the eleven. He had already been crucified. But he appeared bodily to the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Because it was several days, 40 I think, before he was taken into heaven after he was raised from the dead by God. And he appeared to many during that period of time, showing himself in bodily form to them before he was taken into heaven. The disciples had heard others speak about it, but they didn't believe. So he upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Verse 15, And he said to the eleven, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Verse 17, And these signs shall follow them that believe. That's you and me. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, says Jesus, shall they cast out devils. Yes, we have an authority over devils. Why are you afraid of them? You don't know the scriptures. You don't have faith. Well, read the scriptures. Take this verse 17. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Keep this before you day and night until you can believe it. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. So what are you afraid of? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now, all that's through the Holy Spirit. You have to hear from God. Lay your hands on that person, I think. I think you have to hear a word from God. Just like I heard from God that this churchwoman, you'd be in the same condition she's in, except for those devils that the Holy Spirit cast out of you back in the 70s when you were first born again. So I know this woman has devils. 
I have no doubt about it because I've heard from God. It's not my imagination. It's not figuring it out. I've definitely heard from God. When I fell at my house in Texas in 2018 and he rolled me past the front door to take me to the hospital, I heard from God and he said, you'll never see this house again. When I fell that night in the hallway and I couldn't get to the phone because it was so painful and I tried to crawl and I almost passed out every time I moved. I was on the floor. I had broken a left hip and rolled my body on the right side and was trying to crawl to the telephone to get help. I lived alone. I had given up, but I heard a word from God that changed everything. I heard, you can do this. So I began crawling again. It took me four and a half hours, but I got to the phone for help. See, we who have the Holy Spirit hear from God. And the ones who are going to be saved hear from God. And then they're born again. So these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, says Jesus, shall they cast out devils. So why are you afraid? Will you get enough faith in the word of God, in this word of God, and you will change? When it talks about taking up serpents, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that meant you deal with devils that are in people. You deal with false prophecies telling you what's going to happen. For example, I know this world will not be destroyed by God by water. How do I know that? That's what God told Noah. In Genesis 9, he won't do that again. As long as this earth remains, there will be summer, winter, seed time, harvest, day and night, as long as the earth remains. But the time does come when God will destroy this present earth, when Jesus returns to gather the elect of God, to gather the believers, to take them to the new heaven and new earth. And God judges the people of the world who do not believe him, and God judges the apostate churches that have cast aside the written word of God and other words of God. There will come an end to this world. But as long as it continues, there will be day and night, seed time harvest. One of the ways we know the Great Tribulation is the sky will go dark. It will turn completely dark. And then you know we're in the Great Tribulation, if you're here at that time. Some will be taken out before the Great Tribulation. Jesus says two were in the field. One was taken, one was left. Two were grinding at the mill. One was taken, one was left. Now. What caused that one to be taken? Jesus tells us, Watch and pray that ye may be accounted worthy to escape 
those things that are coming upon the earth and stand before the Son of Man. That's Luke 21. If Jesus came and you were not ready, I think you would be left to go through the Great Tribulation. Some might be saved and be the elect of God. We know there are some of the elect of God that will be in the Great Tribulation because in Matthew 24, Jesus says, If the days of the Great Tribulation were not shortened, no man would be saved. Even the elect would be destroyed, except the days of the Great Tribulation will be shortened, that the elect might be saved. So we know these things by the Bible. Verse 19 of Mark 16. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth. These are the believers. He's not talking about the 11 apostles. He's talking about those who believed the 11 apostles. Well, here we are hundreds and hundreds of years since the 11 apostles lived on the earth, but we're one of the believers. They, our ancestors who were born again, believed. We believed. We heard from God. They heard from God. It's the same God, same principle. I heard from God just like Paul did. He spoke to me through a thought and caused me to be born again. August 5th, 1975, he said to me, Joan, you know these mistakes you've been making all these years? I said, yes. I heard those were not mistakes. Those were sins. And I said, sins? I didn't know they were sins. I thought they were mistakes. See, most people who aren't born again think they're mistakes they're making. They're just mistakes. They don't realize they are sins. So we're all kind of the same. But those born again belong to God. When God hath spoken to you and given you the Holy Spirit, you belong to God. But devils can be in you. You can accept lies from devils and believe them if you don't take every thought captive. 2 Corinthians 10 on taking thoughts captive start at verse 3 for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh the flesh gets scared and troubled and often the people of the world will run out and go shopping or go play golf or watch a television show to try to forget but we must not do it that way The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. We turn to God in prayer. And we ask God what to do. And we hear from him. He reminds us by the Holy Spirit of scriptures or gives us concepts. And we follow him. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You may have had these strongholds in your life 
for 50 years. One woman was 80 years when she was born again. It was Pam Paget's great aunt. She was raised Baptist, was at the church constantly, but was born again when she was 80. And she thought she was a Christian, and she wasn't until that moment. And she told everybody, I thought I was a Christian. Now I'm born again. Her daughter said, oh, mother's gone crazy. She's begun talking like that. Everybody knows my mother was always a Christian. Nobody's always a Christian, are they? Well, maybe from the womb, I know Jeremiah was born again, and so was John the Baptist from the womb. So it could happen, but it's not going to happen just because you go to church all the time. Anyway, her testimony was, I thought I was a Christian, but now I'm really a Christian. My testimony is the same. I was baptized when I was 15 and born again when I was 37. After I was baptized, my life didn't change a bit. I just went on pursuing my own desires and ambitions. But when God told me that the mistakes I was making were sin, then it was like lightning struck me. And I was born again by the Spirit of God at that time. Let's look again at this subject of taking thoughts captive. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, after ways of the flesh by cleaning out closets to forget our troubles. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. We know the Bible, we read the Bible, we study the Bible, we think of scriptures and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So the devil says to you, you're not going to have enough money. You're not going to have enough. What does God say to us? My God will supply all your need. Philippians 4.19 So we deal with every destructive thought to bring it into obedience of Christ the Word. The Bible. This 40-year-old Christian that I had trouble with last week sent me an email, and she said how good her husband was. She said, I am pleading with God. And she said, he's been such a good husband. He's done this. He's done that. He's done this. He's done that. And all of a sudden, I saw she was preaching a doctrine of salvation by works. I turned to God and said, what about this? And I heard, send her Revelation 5, which is, no man is worthy. Jesus is worthy. And then there was something else she was praising, and that is a physical therapist who was working with her husband. And I heard, send her bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. That's a scripture spoken by Paul. I'll look it up. First Timothy four 
8. I think in verse 7, Paul said, Don't pay attention to old wives' tales. For bodily exercise profiteth little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. I sent her both of these scriptures by email, because this is what I heard to do by the Holy Spirit. She backed down from her doctrine that she had preached to me by her email. you got to do this with people. When it is wrong and contrary to doctrine, it's just simply wrong. We're saved by correction. Godly correction saves us when we believe the word of God that is spoken. But here I am troubled by her, concerned about her. And this is not the first time this has happened. This has happened from time to time throughout the past 40 years or so. And God has told me it's devils in her. I didn't just take one action of casting out devils because after I did that, casting out that devil, I heard another devil giving me an answer in her voice. Well, you just don't understand me. You misunderstand. Let me clarify it. I said to that thought, In the name of Jesus, you devil, that is saying that, I command you to come out of, and I named a woman by name. In the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. So then I heard a little while later something else that she would likely say to me that was spoken by a devil in her. So I knew devils were still in her. So I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. And don't come back. Everything got real peaceful for a while. And then I had another thing brought to my attention. That was another devil. I knew there were multiple devils in her. During that afternoon, I just lay there in my bed, casting devils out of this woman. In the name of Jesus. Telling them to go. And don't come back. I would say there were seven to twelve devils, not that I was counting them, but it was just over and over. As long as they brought ideas to my mind, I cast them out of this church woman in the name of Jesus. When someone is in their right mind, you know the difference between the time that they rise up and speak things that are totally contrary to Scripture. I've known for a long time that this church woman had sweet water and bitter water in her. I've known that. In James chapter 3, the apostle talks about sweet water and bitter water in the same fountain. James chapter 3, start at verse 3. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which 
Though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Verse 5, Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Verse 6, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defiles the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things of the sea, is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame, it is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. But God can tame it. The tongue is not greater than God. And when you start to say something, but you know it's wrong, and you turn to God and you say, please don't let me say that. I've never had God fail to stop me from speaking, to control my tongue, to bring me a scripture to remind me of the way to go and show me I'm about to speak something that's evil. Never has God failed me when I've turned to him. I know the tongue is unruly. I know the emotions are unruly. But God can control every temptation and every emotion and every word when we turn to him and really don't want to speak those words to anybody. He can keep us from it. James said, out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings. Brethren, these things ought not to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? I've heard this woman for years say wonderful things that are of God, but then say very evil, bitter things. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter while well, devils were in her. And she doesn't fully understand fighting devils. She understands it a little bit. She's told me there were certain TV shows she had to stop watching. Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? Either vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. I could see coming from her mouth wonderful things, but I could also see very evil things and bitter. Devils were in her. Devils are terrible, but they won't hurt you if you are of God and you resist them in the name of Jesus. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He'll want nothing to do with you. That doesn't mean he won't come back and try. But we're of God. We know the Bible. We're of God, born of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God lives in us. And we desire to serve God and please God. He'll try to come. It's up to us to stop him when he tries to speak to us. Well, I, I've really learned a lot this past week. 
You can know things mentally, but when you actually do the Word of God and have the Spirit of God leading you to do that, it becomes a part of you. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.